On this week's Merge Conflict, we go cross-platform. Shared projects, portable class libraries, net standard portable libraries, copying files, sub-modules. All you want to do is share some code. We discuss it all on this week's Merge Conflict. Even when I'm designing an iOS-only app, that is, I only plan on distributing it for iOS, I still think a lot about code reuse and specifically sharing code between platforms. I think a lot of that is because I'm using .NET and everyone's really excited about uh, cross-platform programs. But I find it funny and odd that I'm structuring my code even when I don't quite anticipate being cross-platform in the beginning. And that leads into other architectural issues, like how to share code. James, are you in the same boat as me? Are you always writing cross-platform code? Well, you know, Frank, when, I'm, when I start a new project, I, I can't help but create some sort of shared type of project, start to put my models, my view models, my services. Project.core, is that what you call yours? Essentially project.core, and that's how I started five years ago, is I had this huge I actually had multiple project.cores, don't get me started on it. But, uh, this was uh, five, six years ago when you would just create a Android li- library, iOS library, and you would mm-hmm. link a bunch of files, but they were all core libraries. Like This is some .NET code that I would like to share. Yeah. And I think I've done this forever because I've, I've been very heavy into interface-based programming for a long time when I worked at Canon. Um, and then that really brought me over into into code reuse on mobile, but I, I swear every project is structured exactly the same. I, I yeah. should honestly just create a project template for Visual Studio that lays down all my folders and everything for <laughs> me. Because if you look at my projects, it's models, views, helpers, like there's helpers, services, and like these folders have the same names in every single yeah. project. And I can't help it. I just love it. I just like want to go and like create this structure. It's your comfort like, zone. Gonna, That's cool. I'm going to share so much code. It's going to be great. And then I, I sometimes do. You sometimes do? You, you, you share code? I, I'm hearing some doubt there. Well, it's it, the, the question becomes, is it shared maintainable code or not, right? So um, well, I remember when I first started and I wrote my media center uh, for iOS, Android, and Windows Phone, we had these core projects and it was about 70% of the app logic and there was a lot of conditional compilation. I ended up making it like a sub module because I was like, I could reuse this in other applications. Mm. And I never did. Yeah. I, I definitely <laughs> shared the logic between that application, but we never open sourced it. I never wrote yeah. more app space off of it. And in fact, when I had to write another application, I just copied and pasted a bunch of code around because that actually was easier for me. Because the problem was that app got so big, it wasn't a nice, small, maintainable library like a plugin. It was, this is all of the app's logic. So it was me sharing code inside of the app for this app. And that worked great. Like That was positive. The problem became the next app. And I'm assuming it's probably the same for you because you you have many apps now and there's definitely a distinction between sharing code for this app and sharing code mm-hmm. between all my apps. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a continuous problem that we all have. Uh, I've tried. I, I recognized the problem a while ago. For me, it's file managers on iOS. The big deal on iOS is Apple doesn't like file management type UIs, so they don't give you anything built into the operating system to present that, well, vaguely. 
So I've spent a lot of time writing uh, document, choosing and selecting and renaming user interfaces that when I write my next application, I'm like, oh, God, I don't want to write all that code again. So I actually go for the next step of, yeah, I want to share code between applications. But, oh, my God, is that rare? I just don't pull it off like I, I, like I should be. Yeah, I think, I think if I go into it where I go, oh, I need something for this application, not like I'm just like jamming on code. When you're jamming on code, you're just, you're just going to town and you're not even thinking about, should I compartmentalize this out into a separate library and do this? To me, when I was writing the most recent Evolve application, um, there was one scenario that came up, which was um, I needed to censor, I needed a way of censoring um, words out of a tweet yeah. to say, are, are there bad words in this tweet? Yeah, right. that, that's that's good for everyone, sure. And it was good for everyone. I'm like, I can, I can use this library. Mm-hmm. All of my apps could use this library. If I you were doing this, this in Node.js, that would be a whole library by itself. It'd be called remove bad words. <laughs> remove bad words. Well, it led me to create a whole new library called Censored, which I then packaged up and it's on GitHub. And, and I went through this whole process, but it actually took me away from my app to go make yeah. this library so yeah. I could then pull it into the app. <laughs> So maybe we should back up for a second. I think we've covered a few scenarios here where we have code sharing problems. So first we have, we're trying to share code between platforms Mm -hmm. because we're .NET developers and we want to run on every platform. Cool, we have that. Then we have, we want to share code between different apps that we write. That seems to be a much tougher sell. Let's, Let's dive into that a little more. But then you just brought up this other one of if you actually want to share code with people, all the stuff that you have to go through with that. Yeah, and how do you even share the code um, between your applications? I was listening recently to Under the Radar, a great podcast by some independent iOS developers um, who are absolutely lovely, uh, and they were talking about just copying and pasting files around or using (laughs) submodules, and that can get really messy really quick, you know, because then you're not even... there's two different levels of messy this. Copying files, that sounds atrocious. Yeah. Get submodules, we're getting a little better. But, yeah, the question is, are you sharing the same document, right? Yeah. Like, is this literally the same code file that's being shared? Mm-hmm. So when I think about sharing code between my applications, it's, hey, listen, this, when I click this button, it's calling into this class and it's doing this thing. And each UI has this button and it's all doing that same thing. And that's really efficient to me because I didn't have to put that logic into the click handler itself. And... And I think yeah, I, I hope we're not you know, reusing click handlers, but sure. <laughs> no, yeah, I think yeah. If you have any logic in your click handler, then besides something about the user interface, then you can go. Uh, you could abstract all that away too. There's there's so many layers of abstractions that I don't want to get into in this episode. We can go okay, on. Okay, but hours. going back to that podcast. Uh, so what's wrong with uh, copying files and Git submodules? Well, so when you start copying files, so this is kind of we're in the scenario where. I'm copying files between apps. Uh, when you're copying files, then it gets really tricky because if you find a bug in one of the files, you have to go update all the files all over the place. You know, mm-hmm. you really want to car- compartmentalize it uh, mm-hmm. between the app, you know, the applications that you're sharing. Yeah, I I kind of was a fan of copying the file honestly in the very very early days of Monotouch and running things on iOS. My first open source library, SQLite-Net, uh, just a wrapper over SQLite, 
was actually distributed in that manner, as in I distributed the source code and I said, if you want to use this library, just copy it into your source code. Easy peasy, single file. I was really proud. It was all in a single file. (laughs) And I said, that's how you share this thing. And I actually have many projects that are done that way. iCircuit, Calca. Oh, actually, maybe every one of my projects has, unfortunately, a copy of SQLite-Net in it. Yeah, and to be honest, that's not terrible because you can now, and honestly, almost every application that I've done about five years ago and four years ago also had that same copy of SQLite-Net. <laughs> uh, it changes like sometimes. <laughs> and it works. And the nice thing there is that you, me, as a developer, you as a developer of your applications, could highly customize it for each one of those applications. For instance, what we did for SQLite-Net is we um, had some constructors or some over- overrides in the the table uh, to actually pass in some some other methods or something mm, crazy. Mm, sounds shady, but okay. But in that instance, right, I didn't have to fork it. I didn't have to create this version. <laughs> like, this is the source code that's in this project, and I know that it's going to work with this version. If yeah. Frank decides to change something, well. Oh, well, it's Frank's library. And you're not do chasing down PCL references and trying to figure out what system.runtime is. And exactly. Why, you know, not doing any of that stuff. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I think for me, though, when I'm sharing things in between my, my projects, I have to distinguish the part, or, sorry, in between my apps that I'm creating. If I create app one, two, three, it is, is this code... Um, is it can it be structured enough that this piece of functionality can live by itself on its own and not really care about any application yeah. that's out there? And that's where we're talking about whether you can ab- actually abstract the thing out of your code, which is a whole uh, discussion on how do you think about code. It's kind of how I jumped into this whole thing, uh, talking about that system core library. <laughs> I shouldn't call it system core, not that thing. Our own project core libraries is it's it just becomes a habit. You have to architect things that way and. Once you learn to start putting things in a system core library, you do start to think about putting things into their own libraries or at least their own modules is what we have in F-sharp. So you can break things down that way. And in C-sharp, I just went with the single file approach of, well, if it's a self-contained thing, put it in a single file. <laughs> yeah. And I, I kind of went that way for a bit because then you could you could at least add that as a sub-module and then at least the sub-module, you update it and you fix it in one place and you're just adding essentially references at that point, you would just link in the files or open that project and consume it, which I think is not terrible if you're using submodules. The problem with submodules is that you have to understand how submodules work <laughs> and then really understand Git command line. And, uh, so okay, I'm, I'm going to plus one that. I want to send you a hundred emoji. Yes, all of those things. I have to look up submodule documentation all the time. <laughs> it's terrible. It's it, it shouldn't be hard. You know, when I used to use submodules, it was... Uh, all right, so I want to make a change to the submodule. Let me go check out the original project, and then I will then pull in that thing. But never, just don't change any code in the submodule. Just only in the engine yeah. first. Get and it was crazy. That's how I did for a long time, and it, it totally works because if you do want to actually bring in some of those projects, then it's it's actually not too bad if you're sharing stuff. I think between your apps that you're creating. That is not a terrible practice to begin with. So it's exactly what I matured from, from single file. When I got tired of trying to stuff everything into a single file that I could share between apps, I started uh, doing sub-modules. And this is exactly what I do for my file manager. Hmm. 
there's only one small issue with it. Um, maybe you could say that maybe I'm doing it wrong, but let's say that you have a submodule and you're pointing it at the master branch of some library that you want to reuse. Uh, and then you're working on an app, working on an app, and you decide, oh, I need to make a little change to this library. And you make that little change and you keep going, the app is fine. Uh, two weeks later, you run one of your older apps that also use that library, and you realize, oh, I just completely broke the UI for this other app. And that's because, oh, I made a change. It was, it was actually an important change. I didn't realize it was important at the time. It, indirectly, I never thought it would, but it affected these other apps, and chaos ensues. Well, and I think it's, I think it's completely fine not to share some of the logic between your applications when it's the core fundamental piece of your application. If your application is all about file management or audio <laughs> processing, sure, or if, it's about, sure. if it's about taking, like if, okay, so let's take a plugin, right? Like I have the media plugin that just simply takes a photo or takes a video or picks a photo, right? And that's totally fine. If you just need some quick and dirty functionality and it's like maybe 1% of your application, but if your entire application is all about like if you're Snapchat and you're all about taking photos and doing photos and doing this stuff, you probably shouldn't. You should probably rewrite that logic to be super highly customized for that app, more for performance reasons, I think, because that way you don't have to worry about conditionally compiling. Or if you do share it against another application, then then that's the problem. Is how I kind of feel. Mm. Well, those are two very different problems, really. I just can't stand regressions. I just can't stand breaking my own code. That's the thing that I'm trying to avoid with submodules. Do you not write UI tests and unit tests? <laughs> yeah, UI tests. We're, we'll do a podcast on UI tests eventually. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I think that's the first thing, right? And and what I've done is I quickly got away from submodules, and I said, you know what? If I am going to have pieces of functionality, I'm just gonna package them up, boom, get out of here, right? Just package them up, nuke them, and I'm done. It and doesn't fix it, though. You, you have the same problem of I make a, what I consider a trivial change to the shared library, and it still breaks all my other apps. So well, I want to make the argument, just so it's out there, just so it's broadcast, of sharing code is really, really hard. Anyone who says this is easy or just use Semver, just use Semver, dude. <laughs> It'll all be fine. No, it's not. It's really hard. Yeah, well, I would say this, though. To, to, to kind of justify my nugetizing of this mm. is that it's a version. If you make a change to your package and you upload it to Nougat, your other apps don't have to install that yep. at all. I agree. Which, which is very different than doing a sync to Git, which will just yeah. get it or worrying about branches. So that's the real advantage there. That's why I moved that extra level mm-hmm. up. And I said, I don't want to have to figure out submodules all over again every morning when I wake up. And I just want to pull down a NuGet. And it's actually been really nice because I, I'm publishing a lot of libraries, um, abstractions away or little things. Mm-hmm. And I'll update something and I'll totally regress. Uh, or yeah. I'll accept a pull request from somebody yep. in the circle image library I just Break. created, right? Yeah. You take images and you turn them into circles. Um Did someone you break re- it? Uh, someone wrote some logic to handle streams or something like that. And sure. I was like, oh, it looks great. Looks, looks great. great. All the unit tests passed, right? Um, yeah, exactly. All those, I ran the app, my sample app, and it totally still worked. And I was okay. like, perfect. <laughs> but in some weird edge cases and some things, I don't know, it didn't work. So yeah. uh, everyone that had installed the newer version, they were testing in, it worked for some. And then in those mm-hmm. edge cases, they're like, oh, I just rolled back to the older version and it was fine. I was like, whoa, that's super cool that. You know, you could try out a new package, see yeah. if it's not working, and then roll back if you need to. Yeah. 
Uh, just to be devil's, uh, it's not even devil's advocate to put it out there, uh, uh, get submodules. You actually can have a kind of versioning in it. My mistake was I always pointed at master. Ah, yes. And you can always point at a commit instead. And I think that that's a little bit better because then you're not, at least you're not regressing every single one of your apps. And when you actually go to update an app, you can either decide whether you want to bump that commit up to the newest commit and redo all your testing, or you can just leave it at the commit that you're at, which is quite nice. It gives you all the benefits of locking down your NuGet version uh, at a certain version number. And of course, when you wake up in the morning and you relearn submodules. Yes. <laughs> but, and that, Every morning, and, just have it as your homepage, the Git tutorial on submodules. Well, and that's the thing is, I'm pretty sure that I also did the same exact thing. And I totally, I totally, now that I think that when you said like, oh, you can just point it at a commit, I was like, oh, that's right. You can totally. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's the good stuff. Yeah. So the reason I bring that up is because uh, getting something onto NuGet implies a whole lot more work because instead of just writing some code now you have a lot more expectations now you have to generate binaries you have to generate binaries for the 32 different versions of dotnet out there and well it's basically that <laughs> it's generating all those binaries that drives yeah. me a little bit batty yeah and then you got to create a new spec and then you have to actually publish oh, yeah. it and you have to have keys and you have to have this come state. up with a versioning system because before we all know we were on version 0.0 and that was fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. And and yeah. no it's it's totally an issue and then documentation and then yeah are you oh, going to yeah. keep it private? Is it going to be public? Yeah. And then that also has different implications especially if you're a small independent developer like me I do the, a lot of libraries in my spare project where Microsoft's not going to pay for mm-hmm. you know, some build server thing that I have that sure. I'm publishing yep. they may I don't know um, but if you just want to share projects I'm like I'm just going to new get this all up um, obviously easy peasy you know yeah yeah, easy peasy. Like usually, maybe even for internally at a company, like, hey, listen, I would like to share these libraries with all my employees that are here, all my developers. Probably put it on like a private NuGet feed and then sure. consume yeah. it that way. But you have to have some CI servers. I just we've talked about it before. I use AppVayer for everything, mm-hmm. and like this morning, I was just talking about. I just literally finished that image circle thing and. Uh, I love, oh my God, just, I've fallen in love. We'll talk about the one downfall of that there that I'm sure Frank will talk about. But in general, over the weekend, I was updating my media plugin and I just found out that whenever you create an artifact, they call them artifacts, which could be DLLs, they could be APKs, they could be... Um, For those not... Keeping, keeping up here, uh, AppVayer is a continuous integration cloud service. Yeah, it's a continue like like BitRise, like VSTS. AppVayer is focused on just Windows, .NET, CI, mm-hmm. and uh, it what it's not like pretty to get set up. Uh, I got lucky because John Dick from our components team walked me through it. And once I had one project set up with my cake files and everything, like I just copy and paste my AppVayer YAML, and I'm like Psh, done. Uh, it's like a it's like a formula, mm-hmm. uh, and I can have a I can have a GitHub repo set up and publishing in NuGet within a few minutes. Uh, which is awesome. But what I found is that one, if you set up NuGet, you have an artifact, you just say publish to NuGet. It's like, cool, it's on NuGet. But sometimes you don't want to publish to NuGet. You just want to try it locally. Uh, and the, for every project, it'll create a private NuGet feed. Well, it's a public NuGet feed that anyone can subscribe to. So I was testing my media plugin. And before I would publish to NuGet itself, I would, pu- I would publish it to the 
at Vayer local CI feed just for that plugin. So I could actually go in and be like, I just want to test my local updates to make sure my I was testing packaging because I was packaging some XAML components and it was it wasn't the library, it was the packaging that was causing issues. So I actually needed to test a physical NuGet. And this was amazing because previously I'd have to run command lines, I'd have to download, I'd have to do this whole thing. It was a pain in the butt. I was like, this is amazing. Like it just blew my mind that So that now we- you're you're telling me that AppVayor CI has just revolutionized how you develop code and you're always making nougats for every every self-contained piece of functionality of all your apps. No, no, totally not. No, this oh, is oh, no, I see. No. We haven't even scratched the surface of <laughs> surface of sharing code in but be, between my projects inside of an app. That's a whole topic. Oh, okay. So you are just happy to get a few builds of your app. You're really I'm excited just, about that. <laughs> I'm just happy to get my libraries building <laughs> yeah. and running. And if you're gonna go down that path where you have to nuget, you have to do this thing. This is a great solution. And they even have a private nuget feed automatically. So you have public nuget feeds and private nuget. My feeds. problem has never been the nuget feed though. I mean, typing nougat push is not a big deal for me. For me, it's all about setting up the nougat project is the real pain point. And that's because I tend to use shared projects and source files everywhere. And so, well, let me give an example. I have uh, helper helper objects to help you (laughs) access um, auto layout on iOS because it's a little bit tricky how to do the layout system on there. So I've written a C-sharp wrapper and an F-sharp wrapper. They're both self-contained C-sharp and F-sharp files, and I just copy them into every project. Now, if I actually wanted to make a NuGet of those, I would actually have to spend time, break them off into a project, uh, build the NuGet sources for it, do the compiles, come up with a versioning system, start maintaining it, create a GitHub page for it, redo all my app references to it to start pointing at that, lock down their Git submodule versions. You see where I'm going with this? Oh, it's I a see lot of work. It. it is a lot of work. Uh, and, and yeah, and it becomes like, well, maybe that code really shouldn't be shared, right? It doesn't need to necessarily be shared. Oh, no, it needs to be reason. shared. Everyone should be using these wrappers because auto layout is terrible. <laughs> That's how I felt with MVVM helpers. I'm like, just everyone should just have this like... I know. It, 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 it should be distributed with Xamarin at this point. <laughs> yeah, true. It just literally, I was like, yeah, all, that, that thing and then my thing, a whole bunch of things, just every project, just do it. Yeah, yeah. So that got to the point where I got so sick and tired of setting up projects is I have a plugin template that just does it all for me. No, this is this is just copy pasting code just with a faster paste function. Yeah. Well, and what I'm saying is I was like I didn't have to I didn't want to have to worry about all the packaging, the projects, the NuGet. I see. Yes, I'm sorry. I go in, Very good. I, I go into Visual Studio and say file new plugin for Xamarin and it does it all yeah. for me. Yeah. Of course, I had to take time to actually do that. So. I wish we had some better NuGet creation templates. I think I would maybe say, I would start breaking them out into their own libraries. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> I really want the ability to say, this is a library, nugget it, and go. The Nougatizer 3000, and that's what I want. Okay, so let me, let me ask you some more questions about Nougatizing things, because what I always run up to now is, well, let me start with, I use shared projects. I am the lazy dev who can't deal with all the constraints that PCLs put on you, or I run into weird version compatibilities. I think there's a lot of people like me. So... When I decide I have this awesome shared project and I want to PCL it, uh, boy, there's a lot of options for PCLs these days, aren't there? Well, for PCLs or class libraries, I think you're totally fine. Yeah, I think I'm that... totally fine. <laughs> no, auto layout doesn't fit into a PCL. Well, no, that's that's the thing is so that's where the struggle I think yeah. is 
now we're actually getting into the struggle of I want to share this piece of code everywhere. So for mm-hmm. for your instance, you're using a shared project, right? And yeah. we haven't even gotten into this, and that I want to cover that next. But in your scenario, if I was you, Frank, that's not .NET code, right? That's literally iOS code. No, 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 sir, no. Oh, it's not. No, I put stuff in shared projects simply because I can't stand dealing with PCLs and their limitations. Uh, quite often, my uh, core project, my cross-platform shared project, is sorry, a shared project. It's not a pre-compiled uh, mm. portable class library. Mm. But are your are your um, UI view helpers that just it's just iOS code, right? No, no, not at all. Oh, it's code. <laughs> view models, man, those are cross-platform. <laughs> Oh, I thought that, I thought no, you, were you use a binding system. Then. Well, I guess we should discuss then. So we did uh, just jump between two topics of trying to share code between two different applications and trying to share code within the same application but across mm-hmm. different platforms. Yeah. And they both present different problems. And it's funny how you made the assumption that I was talking about the platform problem when I was actually talking about the other one. <laughs> I'm just really lazy and I always use shared projects. And that's totally fine. I think that this is a huge debate, and we actually had people reach out to us on Twitter to ask for this topic specifically. Um, and I think you know, Frank and I, have been, we've been sharing code, trying to share code at least for the last seven years. I mean, yeah, not more than that in the world of .NET. I just want to share everything. I'm just—it's too much work. <laughs> yeah, well, and I do. I just would love to share everything, and maybe we'll get to that world one day. But <laughs> I think that. You know, I started with linked file linking mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, because shared projects and PCLs didn't exist, and and the idea was that I have some code, and and it could be conditionally compiled. I could say if iOS do this, if Android yeah, do this, yeah, right? Sure. I have some code. I want to put it somewhere, so I'd have like a shared folder mm-hmm. inside of my iOS, Android, and Windows projects. I would just do this little file link, and it was super yeah. tedious because you see file link, file link, file link, file link. And, there were plugins and extensions that would do it but for I you But I once complained about that, and I was told, quite specifically, stop being so lazy. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not that bad. It's not, it's that, not bad. that bad, but it is. It's, um, it's when you have multiple files that comprise your shared project, and then you add a file or subtract a file. Now you have to remember to relink every project that uses that file. Yeah. And it's just an annoyance that continues over time. It prevents you from wanting to refactor the code, it prevents you from wanting to rename things. <laughs> Just yeah. basic annoyance. And, and and I think the world of at least Xamarin and iOS and Android was pretty good for a while because our you know our amount of .NET that we covered was a lot, right? You know, you're talking about um, Xamarin. Xamarin, yeah. Just monos, monos coverage yeah. of .NET in those applications, and then like Windows Phone came along, and I know you did some Windows Phone development, and I did oh quite yeah, a they bit. changed the rules. Windows Phone is well, Silverlight, we should actually say, Silverlight, correct, is what taught us what not to do to .NET ever again. <laughs> so they made the weird decision to just pull out tons of APIs from .NET. And they pulled them all out and they shoved it in here and they said, like, here's this thing, and then you're like, well, now I'm doing this file linking between my iOS and Android app. But crap, nothing's working. Now that yeah, now file this, stream is missing. <laughs> file stream is missing. How can file stream be missing? It's important. And you're like, oh, and you're just banging your head against the wall because now you're like, all right, let me conditional compile. Like, what version yeah. .NET do you have? And then like, oh, WinRT comes out, and that's an old async await. But like, we didn't get async await just yet. And you're like, yeah. oh, <laughs> my code wrong. is more than two years old. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. So it's like, should I just rewrite everything? Yes. And then, <laughs> then, then the magic 
of PCLs came out. No, then the magic of shared projects, but okay. Then the, PCLs came out. Let's just talk about what we described the problem, which was, I think for me, was that now .NET was very fragmented yes, on these different you're right. Platforms. You're right. That became a definite problem. And that was a problem. So PCLs came out, which mm-hmm. was which was a solution, and it's a solution I still use today, which was an intersection, a an intersection of of APIs. It said, what is the intersection That's of APIs? That's what they say. That's what they say. But just think of it as it's the old Silverlight API plus whatever they've added since then. <laughs> because true. it really feels like it has the exact same limitations as the old. So, And honestly, I feel like they based it on it. So. Yeah, well, um, that's why you have these. We and we've been it, stuck with that for a while. Yeah, and you've been calling it, it's a great name for it. You call it profile based PCLs because don't be confused with Net Standard, which we're not going to talk about today. <laughs> but, but that's also a PCL, it's a portable class library, but one is profile based and one is Net Standard based. And maybe we should be clear in case uh, we don't have .NET programmers listening here, but these PCLs, these uh, portable class libraries, are actually compiled code. They're compiled down to IL, but the important thing is we're not sharing source code at this point, but these little binary artifacts. And it's because they're binary that we sometimes run into these problems. Yeah, it's great. So it, it, it becomes the scenario where I have that censored library. It, it does not care that it's on iOS, Android, or, or Windows. Like, There's no actual code for those platforms, but there is code for just .NET, and it's in a portable class library, and I'm using all um, namespaces and classes mm-hmm. that exist in this you know, subset of .NET that's there. That is definitely nice. the easiest code to share at this point in time. If it just uses .NET BCL stuff, then chances are it would compile, and chances are, especially nowadays with standard library, it definitely will compile. Exactly. But the problem is, sometimes you don't want to be restricted <laughs> to just that little thing. You want to yeah. call this iOS thing right here, this yeah. Android thing, or you know, you have parts of .NET that you just want to just want to execute, and that's where I think shared projects are pretty much awesome, right? Because your alternative is something I think we both learned at the same time, but it's really abusing how the compiler works, how PCLs work. But you can manage through some trickery of actually injecting some native code through a PCL by simple renaming your assemblies to have the same names, these funny tricks. What's the name of this? It has a funny name. Called Bait and Switch. Bait and Switch. That's Thank you, Daniel Playstead, for this. <laughs> yeah, it's what I use for all of my plugins. Yeah, and Daniel Playstead and um, Paul yeah, Batts. Yeah, so we like, realized that the PCL limitations were just a little bit too much. Uh, we didn't have a solution for it. NuGet didn't have a solution. None of the compiler folks cared to make a solution. And so um, someone on the PCL team figured out a very hacky, very disgusting, very gross way, but at the same time, effective way to share cross-platform code and to package it all up into a NuGet. Exactly, it's because we wanted to package it. If we weren't considering like packaging, it wouldn't have cared. And this is if the, it was the a shared project, if it was a GitHub repo, if it, if we were using Packet Manager instead of NuGet, you could get away with a lot of these things. Exactly, and that and that's where like plugins came from because it was a single API. But when you said take a photo. It wasn't calling .NET code anymore. It was yeah. calling iOS code. And you didn't right. know, and it was compiled trickery yeah. uh, that's there. And and I guess, you know, that's good if you are trying to share it, but it's also a complex scenario that you have to understand what it's doing because you can mess it up really easily. Oh, and, and you definitely have to structure your project correctly. You have to get all the names correct. You have to decide which code. Are you going to switch out the assembly for all your code, or are you only going to switch out some of your code? So it gets tricky. 
it's a pain. And and that's only, again, if you want to distribute it, I wouldn't, I've never made a plugin that I didn't distribute that I just wanted for my app. Because if I just want it for my app, I would use a shared project and or a people, native project. Or uh, a I native think project. we keep forgetting to say that, but you can always create native projects too. Can, that's a good point. You can always create a native class. And we should library. say you can always put native libraries that is like targeted to iOS, targeted to Android, targeted to .NET, whatever. A native um, assembly. You can always put those in NuGets also. Yeah, totally. The problem to, is a lot of people create PCLs and hope to reference libraries from PCLs. And that's the scenario where you're kind of stuck. If you release your code only natively, then you break all the PC, PCL scenarios. Yeah, I actually just had, a, uh, I just had a developer on my GitHub page that says, hey, listen, I installed the geolocator plugin into a class library and that class library is then consumed by my normal app. Should this work? And I go... Of course it'll work. It's literally just installed the Android-only libraries into all of them, and that's all it cares about because it's only an Android app, and that's mm-hmm. totally fine. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's fine. And, and they and you would have got away with it with the with just shared libraries or a class library for Android, right? And it just yeah. targets that. Down. And I should we should preface what a shared library is too. We talked about what PCLs are, but and we talked about file linking. To me, I would love to see how you describe it, Frank, but let me describe shared projects. Okay. Shared projects are glorified file linking. Yeah. It is a project that has no references, that has files in it, and when you add it to a project, so you add it to a child, it magically has all of the references from that child. It yeah. inherits them all. And we should stress, um, it's not compiled separately by the compiler. They all just get thrown in with your code and they all get put into the same assembly as your main application. And so if you have name collisions, things like that, they're not worked out, it's all just compiled. Or and if you're uh, using something like F-sharp, where um, the compiler is not super fast and you start adding lots and lots of shared projects, you really start to increase your code base size, unfortunately. Yeah, but and, the convenience of development kind of outweighs it. Yeah, and as long as you, for me, it was it, it also every once in a while is nice. Like I was creating a logging, you know, framework, and like oh, I don't want to, I just want to use Hockey App in this instance and something else over here. And the APIs are different because there is no cross-platform API. Shared projects are super great for that because yeah. it's just like. Pfft whatever you want to write. Yeah, you write uh, you write mostly .NET code everywhere you need it, and then you use pound if uh, preprocessor directives to swap in and out code based on platform. It's a trick, pretty but it's a good trick. It's pretty <laughs> lovely. Uh, and, and, and I do use it. You'll see some of my projects. I'll have a few of them in there. It was actually really important that I did that for the Evolve app because I shared logic and... Uh, my models between my ASP.NET backend and my actual mm, yeah, uh, front that makes end. Sense, yeah. And the object itself inherited from a different base class. For ASP.NET, yeah. it inherited from entity data. And I then think for, you could still pull that off with bait and switch, but yeah, when it gets that kind of ugly, you do want to do shared projects. Ship some code, <laughs> yeah, ship that code. Um, and, and it just worked, and that was the thing is you can mix and match. I just started doing what I was wanted whatever it would work and and for me you made a great point is that there is no it's not compiled code it's compiled with your application right. into that assembly so uh just be aware of that and uh, just for I, me personally it does slow down builds so I, I am very aware of it and i pay attention to it it's the major it's the primary downfall of share projects for me um well the fact that they, you can't distribute them but also the fact they really slow things down 
Yeah. And I think that's the thing is, yeah, they're not distributable in, in that regards. Uh, and there is no assembly. So if you're doing some XAML stuff, I always tell people, people like, oh, when should I use shared? When should I use PCL? And I've, my guidance, well, it's my guidance, but my guidance more recently has been if you're sharing code between your app and it's just a traditional native Xamarin mm-hmm. application, mm-hmm. use shared project. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm agreeing with you here. And then if you're using Xamarin Forms, use a portable class library and I'll oh, tell you why. Oh, they take preference, huh? Hmm. Yes, Xamarin Forms portable class library because when you start using custom controls and you start pulling in other custom controls and doing all this stuff in your XAML, you have to have reference to an assembly and to a namespace. Uh, the XAML compiler probably requires that, right? Exactly. Now yeah. there's some hackery that you can do, such sure, as sure. giving all of your projects the same exact DLL name. And that just Genius. seems... <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, the things we do. <laughs> yes. Uh, who was it? Um Matthew Sukup, uh, one of our Xamarin MVPs, wrote a good blog post. We'll put it in there about how he used shared projects for everything, including Xamarin Forms, and got around this big problem, which shouldn't be a problem, but it makes sense, right? It's like yeah. the Xaml compiler is like, hey, I need this. Because the fact is, you called, um, I think you were being facetious, but you called them glorious. Um, you said glorified um, file linking. And I don't think it's glorified. It's hacky and dirty and ugly. If you actually look at how it's implemented, it's these target files that pull multiple project files that really abuse the MS build system. So shared mm-hmm. projects, while they're incredibly convenient, incredibly fun to use, um, they're a terrible hack. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a miracle they work at all. Yeah. So, so uh, well, I mean, to, to kind of, to <laughs> wait, kind wait, of, wait, I want to bring it around. I want to bring it around one, one last point. Okay. Uh, we, we had mentioned that uh, doing native libraries is also tricky just because it's a kind of a maintenance uh, nightmare with linking files and doing that kind of stuff. I want to do give a shout out to the fact that uh, MS Build does support glob syntax for including multiple files. And nowadays you can actually say, uh, one include in your MS build, point it at like a directory, and you can even go recursively through that directory and tell it to include all these files with maybe these exceptions, leave out these files. Oh. So the process of creating native libraries, like four different native libraries for the four platforms you care about, is actually getting a tiny bit simpler these days. And I've been thinking a lot about going to that style. I like that. That's mm-hmm. cool. I got to tra- check that out. So my recommendation, of course, is, a, is what I said earlier, but also, to be honest, I don't know, just whatever works for you, like, that's yeah, what no, I... It's true, because no. I, I think what you said earliest about it's every project has a mix of these. Mm-hmm. So I start out, let's say I start out with my native project, and it links to a shared core, core project. But at the same time, that app also pulls down a bunch of nougats, which are PCLs, which themselves are maybe or maybe not using bait and switch. Also, that la- app is file linking against some files I just copy around sometimes. And so the truth is, like, a real app is a terrible mix of all that stuff. And there have been attempts to improve it. I, I should say the packet manager. Um, sorry, I'm uh, blanking on the name. But uh, you can go find it. Just Google for packet manager. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can't remember the URL. Um yeah. Right. Anyway, uh, it's an alternative to NuGet, and it allows uh, this finer grain stuff. So you can actually do Git submodules properly. You can do gists properly. You can just pull down single files. That's cool. Uh, so just a little shout out to that. Uh, you can do a little bit better job. Well, there you have it. Sharing code across all apps, some apps, no apps, copy and pasting code. 
It's what works for you, I think. Whatever works ship, for when you, you got to ship that app, you got to ship that app. In the end, that's it. That's been this week's Merge Conflict. I'm James Montemagno. And I'm Frank Krueger. Thank you and have a great day.